Chapter Fifty Nine of the Book of Elves and Fairies for Storytelling and Reading Aloud. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Carolyn Lilliard. The Book of Elves and Fairies for Storytelling and Reading Aloud by Francis Jenkins Olcott. The Sleeping Beauty in the Wood once upon a time there lived a king and queen who were most miserable because they had no children but when a lovely baby girl was born to them they were two of the happiest people in the world and in order to make all things as propitious as possible for the little princess they invited seven fairies who lived in the kingdom to be her godmothers when the christening ceremony was over there was a magnificent banquet given for the fairies before each of them was laid a plate of massive gold and a case also of massive gold containing a spoon a fork and a knife all of the same precious metal and richly studded with diamonds and rubies but just as everybody was seated at the table who should enter but an old fairy who had not been invited because for more than fifty years she had been shut up in a tower and was supposed to be either dead or enchanted the king immediately commanded that a chair should be placed for her at the table but he could not offer her a golden plate and case for only seven had been made for the seven fairies the unreasonable old creature considered herself insulted and began to mutter frightful threats between her teeth the youngest of the fairies hearing this concealed herself behind the tapestry in order to be the last to speak and so perhaps prevent any harm being done to the little princess meanwhile the godmothers began to bestow their gifts one said my godchild shall be the most beautiful girl in the whole world the second added and she shall have the disposition of an angel the third said i give her the gift of perfect grace and graciousness the fourth added and she shall dance like a sylph the fifth said she shall sing like a nightingale the sixth added she shall excel in playing on every sort of musical instrument then came the turn of the old fairy who screamed like a cockatoo while her head shook more from rage than from age the princess shall pierce her hand with a spindle and shall die these dreadful words made the whole company every one shudder and there was no one there who was not drowned in tears at that moment the youngest fairy appeared from behind the tapestry and said sweetly do not weep your majesties your daughter will not die it is true that i have not power enough to entirely undo the evil that my elder sister has done the princess will hurt her hand with a spindle but instead of dying she will fall asleep for a hundred years and then a royal prince will come and waken her the king hoping to prevent this calamity forbade any person in the kingdom either to spin or even to keep a spindle in the house any one who disobeyed was to be punished with death sixteen years after this the king and queen went with their court to a castle in the country when it happened that the young princess wandering curiously from room to room mounted to the top of a tower there she found an old woman sitting alone before her wheel 
this old woman had never heard that the king had forbidden anyone to spin what are you doing my good mother asked the princess i am spinning my beautiful child answered the old woman oh how pretty it is exclaimed the princess how do you do it give me that so i may see if i can do it as well and as she spoke she took the spindle so eagerly and so quickly that it pierced her hand and she sank fainting to the floor the poor old woman in the greatest distress cried for help people came hurrying from all sides they dashed water on the princess they unlaced her robes they bathed her temples with perfumes but she did not move then the king who hearing the commotion was come into the tower room remembered the malediction of the old fairy he perceived that the misfortune was a thing that had to come about since the fairies had foretold it he caused the princess to be carried to the most splendid apartment in the castle and to be laid on a couch of down and on pillows of down embroidered with gold and silver her eyes were closed but her soft breathing showed that she was not dead then too her cheeks were flushed a delicate rose color and her lips were like coral she seemed a sleeping angel she was so beautiful the kind fairy who had saved the princess's life was in the kingdom of mataquin twelve thousand miles away but the king instantly sent word of the misfortune by a little dwarf who travelled in seven league boots which are boots that pass over seven leagues at each step and she arrived directly at the castle in a chariot of fire drawn by dragons she approved of all that the king had done but being exceedingly wise she knew that the poor princess would be in a pitiable condition when at the end of a hundred years she awoke to find herself alone in that old castle she knew of but one thing to do and she did it at a wave of her wand everyone fell asleep ladies of honour waiting-maids squires pages stewards cooks scullions porters footmen every breathing thing even the horses in the stables with the grooms the mastiffs in the courtyard and little poofy the princess's lap-dog who was nestling beside her on the couch all slept the spits full of partridges over the fire and even the fire itself waited silently to serve their mistress when she should wake and need them only the king and queen were left to kiss their darling child and go away from the castle the king forbade any one to approach the place but this command was not necessary for within a quarter of an hour there was grown up around the castle park such a vast wood whose trees great and small were so interlaced with briars and thorns that neither man nor beast could pass through it was plain that the fairy had arranged matters after fairy fashion taking care that the young princess should not be disturbed while she slept when the hundred years were gone a king not of the family of the princess reigned over the land one day his son was hunting near the fairy wood and asked what were those turrets he saw rising above the trees people told him everything that they had heard one said that it was an enchanted castle another said that all the witches in the country held their revels there the most common belief however seemed to be that it was the dwelling-place of an ogre who carried off all the children he could catch and devoured them at his leisure 
for no one could follow him as only he could pass through the wood while the prince was lost in wonder at these tales an old peasant approached him and said your highness more than fifty years ago i heard my father say that in yonder castle was the most beautiful princess on earth and that she would sleep a hundred years and then be wakened by the son of a king and that she would marry him that was enough to set the prince on fire for the adventure in fact he felt in his heart that he was the chosen one he did not delay for an instant no sooner had he taken a step toward the wood than the trees great and small and the thorns and briars disentangled themselves and opened a path he walked toward the castle which stood at the end of a broad avenue he saw with surprise that none of his attendants had been able to follow him for the wood had closed again behind him but all the same he went on boldly he entered a spacious outer court where a person less brave than he would have been paralyzed by fear a death-like silence reigned and many dead men lay stretched upon the ground but the prince saw at second glance that the men had only the appearance of being dead that indeed they were really men-at-arms who had fallen asleep with their half-emptied wine-glasses beside them he ascended the stairway he entered an antechamber where the guard ranged in line with their muskets on their shoulders were snoring contentedly he crossed a presence chamber where many lords and ladies were sleeping some standing and some sitting then he found himself in a magnificent apartment where on a couch whose curtains were lifted slept a young princess as lovely as if she had strayed from paradise the prince knelt beside her and pressed his lips on her white hand that lay on the coverlet the spell was broken the princess opened her eyes and looking at the prince as if he was no stranger said it is you my prince i know you for the fairy has sent me such happy dreams in order that i might know the one who should free me from enchantment then they talked together each had so much to say the prince forgot the flight of time and the princess certainly did it was so long since she had talked with anyone meanwhile the whole castle had awakened when the princess did and all the people had returned to their regular duties they were naturally half starved dinner was prepared then the maid of honor who was as hungry as the others and who really had difficulty to keep her voice from being as sharp as her appetite went to the princess's apartment and said in a gentle tone pardon your highness but dinner is served the princess was superbly dressed and the prince was careful not to say that her robe was like that of his great-grandmother he did not find her any less beautiful for all that they dined in the hall of mirrors and were served by the pages and ladies-in-waiting of the princess the violins and hot-boys played delightfully considering that they had lain untouched for a hundred years after dinner the prince and princess were married in the chapel of the castle and on the death of the prince's father which occurred soon after the marriage the prince and princess reigned happily over all that land End of chapter fifty nine